Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Amy Schultz. Amy, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Amy is a money coach and the CEO of Smart Girl Money, an organization building confidence in women. I'm excited to have you on. Amy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on today. Um, so as far as my personal life, the, the number one thing that defines me, I can't really think of anything else more important, is that I'm a mom. So I have um, a little boy who's almost two and a half, and I actually have another little boy on the way in the next couple of months. So I'm getting pretty big and uncomfortable over here. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> I actually started my business, Smart Girl Money, after my son was born um, in late 2017, early 2018, um, was kind of when I when I got it up and running. But after, before that, I was an actuary for um, several years, and I was working like, you know, 50, 70 hours a week and just kind of trying to really be as much a part of that corporate world as I could. And after my son was born, I actually had a really traumatic delivery with him and ended up on life support for the, the first day of his life. Oh, my gosh. And um, when, yeah, it was a crazy thing that they swear won't happen again. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, but when I when I got home with him and, you know, eventually went back to work after maternity leave, I kind of realized that I wasn't doing something meaningful enough in my life um, from a work perspective. Like if I was going to be away from him all day, I wanted it to be something meaningful. And so I started doing research about what can I be doing that's important to me on a personal level, but also uses all this financial background that I spent so much time and, and money kind of gaining. And so the research that I came across was about women and money and how women are really held back personally and professionally when we don't have financial confidence. And um, a lot of times, even when we do reach out for financial help, the standard of financial help isn't really focused on our unique needs or unique challenges. So I decided that that's what I was going to do with my financial background was start a company where my main focus is helping women um, whether that's through one-on-one coaching or through, you know, bigger financial wellness programs or speaking engagements. And so that's kind of where I am today is that I'm I'm kind of putting my passion into practice. Nice. Well, I think that that's awesome and, and certainly congratulations. Do your 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 old coworkers at the, the actuary factory look at you and think that you're out of your mind for, for going and doing a people-facing thing? Well, yeah, <laughs> I think also just for, for leaving such a good job, I think everybody kind of looks at me like I'm a crazy person <laughs> because, you know, an actuary, like it is such a high demand job um, as far as like, you know, job numbers, like there's always a need for actuaries, but it's also like, it's, it's a fun job, I guess, if you're a, a money nerd like we are. And so I think a lot of people are like, what, like, why? why you took all those exams why would you leave your job <laughs> well fair enough yeah I, I i only know a couple of them and and they they have a handful of jokes and so i was just kind of poking fun that that a lot of them i know are more introverted as opposed to extroverted folks so but i i believe yeah, you're probably my, the first uh, go ahead i don't know that's okay my husband's an accountant so we always say the difference between us 
is that as an actuary or as an accountant, he'll at least look at somebody else's shoes instead of his own shoes. There it is. That's 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 the exact joke <laughs> that I heard. So perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think we've had an actuary on the show. Um, can you tell me a little bit about about the actual training that you get that 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 you had, or or your really specific skill set when it comes to money and numbers? Yeah. So. Um, so actuaries usually start out in college. Um, if, you, if you go to a, a school specifically for actuarial science, you're taking classes in things like um, corporate finance and economics and statistics. And then um, you kind of immediately start taking these pretty difficult exams. They have a pass rate of like only 40% or something. Um, and you do that really for like anywhere from five to 10 years while you're trying to build yourself up as a certified um, actuary. So I spent, I think, six years taking exams. Um, wow. And then, you know, while I was working to become um, an associate in the Society of Actuaries. And so you can go even further than that and take more exams, which obviously I hope I never sure. do. Right. <laughs> um, but my background specifically was an actuarial wealth consultant. And so what that meant was that I was helping companies with their employee benefits, so specifically hmm. retirement plans, kind of figuring out the financial risks associated with offering retirement benefits. Got it. Well, I appreciate that. Okay. So that's great. Yeah. Great, great training for, for a lot of the work you're doing now. Um, and you were talking about how women, a lot of the time, sometimes are held back by a lack of financial confidence. Can you talk to, a little, a little, talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's... It's interesting because um, it seems like something that maybe isn't super related, but the studies have shown that when women do better in their, with their personal finances, when they have less financial stress and they kind of feel more confident in tackling financial challenges as they come up, they're more likely to ask for a raise or go after um, maybe you know a job at a higher level or ask for a promotion. And um, they're also more likely to be independent, like on a personal level, they're less likely to stay in maybe an unsafe relationship or an unsafe living situation or something like that because of this financial confidence. So it's not just their numbers, their bank accounts that are effective, but it's really like, you know, other areas of their lives as well. Yeah, well, those are certainly two massive areas of of not mm-hmm. asking for the promotion or the raise that that you've probably earned and or deserve, and staying in a, a bad relationship because you're worried about your finances. Um, so right. certainly, developing competency, which leads to confidence, can help people to be more assertive and and ask for and get, I guess a, a better life right yeah got it okay all right so and that's probably true of, of men and women um, but then the next step is there's there's some kind of evidence that suggests that when that when women are reaching out for help that these needs aren't necessarily being met yeah they they say that when even when there's like a, um, a financial advisor or somebody offered through a company that like 53% of men will go and meet with this financial advisor compared to only 35% of women. So there's some kind of block there where women are just, we're not seeking out the help as much as we need to. Um, and I think a lot of it too is, is you know, there's all these, it's kind of a trend now, right? That we're kind of targeting women and trying to help them with money. 
um, with companies like Elvest or like, you know, my company obviously, obviously is called Smart Girl Money. And so I think um, a lot of that is just trying to combat whatever this lack is that keeps women from wanting to find financial help. And I think it's because we feel like it's not made for us. Um, and a lot of times it hasn't been in the past, like, you know, standard financial advice is based on um, the needs of men, which is that they, they go to work and they stay in the workforce longer and they make more money and then they um, retire with, with better benefits because they've been making more money and been in the workforce longer. So I think the more that we kind of start talking about um, this from a, a personal basis for women, the more that they're likely to get help. Well, I appreciate that. And I, 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 I believe that 100% that there's probably not and I, I'm, I'm ignorant of it. Um, there's probably not enough information out there taking into consideration maternity leave um, and, and, and things like that. What what are some of those key areas that 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 maybe the the industry or, or women should be mindful of of making sure that 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 are being addressed? Yeah, I think um, the number one thing that that women need to do is really just be aware of these issues and kind of like take them into consideration. I know when it's like when you're first starting out in your job, I mean, I never thought I would be somebody that ever kind of went to working a a part-time job or like, you know, owning a small business. I thought I would just go into the corporate world and keep climbing. And and I just never, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what type of parent you're going to be or anything. And so just knowing things like that, we are most likely going to make 80% um, 80 cents on the dollar of what men make. And so it's going to add up to a lot less money over time. And then even if, you know, that's okay because our, whoever our partner is, they can support us. It still means that when it comes to retirement benefits, we're not getting the, the same 401k. We're not getting the same social security benefits. Um, we're not putting money into accounts automatically the way that maybe our, our working partners are. And a lot of times women are managing the money when we're not making as much money. And so that just adds all kinds of financial stress. So I think these are just things we have to be aware of even when we're starting out early in our careers to kind of say, you know what, maybe I need to, instead of living in a really expensive apartment right off the bat, maybe I need to start saving more money right away to prepare for these things later on. Yeah, I think that that certainly all makes sense. And and those little amounts that, that we maybe take for granted in our daily lives, obviously over the course of 10, 20, 30, 50 years end up being huge amounts. So everything that you're talking about is so important. Well, tell me about a, what, what, what a money coach does. So a money coach is um, a little different from a financial advisor. I think when people think about getting financial health, they a lot of times think about, you know, I'm going to go to a financial advisor, but a money coach really spends a lot of time on the, the personal and personal finance. So for my clients specifically, we spend a lot of time on things like budgeting and, and planning for, you know, how much are they going to need in retirement, stuff like that. But we're also looking at money mindset issues, like a lot of times it's spending. So, you know, why are they spending so much money on things that maybe aren't really important to them? Um, what can they do in their lives to make sure that they're the way they want to live is reflected in their money and things like that? Um, so it's a little it's a little different. At least in my practice as a money coach and, and with the money coaches that I know, it's kind of a little more getting into like the emotional aspect of money. So in terms of of money mindset, I think it's such a such an important thing, and and it's often overlooked when we're thinking about investing and financial planning and all that stuff. 
Do you find just from your personal experience, is that a more, is it easier? Is it, I don't know if it's more natural for women to be thinking about those kinds of things. I, I guess the question is, are women more mindful than, than men are in this area? I actually, I don't think they are. I think the opportunity is there for them to be more mindful and to kind of, you know, once we get talking about values versus spending and all of that, they do, um, they maybe open up more so um, just because they're more open in general to the the conversation with me about it. But I think for the most part, most people really just have their head in, in the sand about money and they're just kind of chugging along and trying to avoid thinking about why they're doing certain things. Yeah, I think that that's probably accurate. Um, I think that we could all probably benefit from pulling our head out of the sand and and right. taking, taking a step back and recognizing that this is stuff that I need to be thinking about, even though I don't necessarily want to be thinking about it all the time. And this, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm sure that you don't advocate that people are thinking about this stuff all the time. It's just make sure that your 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 habits are good and and you're moving in the right direction of where where it is you want to go. Exactly. And I, I know that you mentioned that your background is in worksite, um, like retirement plans and stuff like that. Do you do you find that, that that's a, a good place to to be messaging and, and that's the reason you've decided to structure your your work that way is is, is a lot of worksite activity? Yeah, I actually um, just started kind of expanding my, my financial wellness offering for companies because we're seeing um, in the research that there's such a boost to businesses when they can improve their gender diversity. And one of the things they can do to do that is really with this, uh, with having a, a financial wellness program that's specific for women. <laughs> so um, not only kind of from a personal standpoint, then are, are women less stressed and they're more productive at work, which obviously is better for the company and blah, blah, blah. But it's also that then they kind of feel more like they're, um, they're more, likely to stay in that company and kind of, you know, ask for that raise, ask for that promotion, stay in the workforce, really thrive in that career. And that um, overall just helps the company too. So I think it's kind of a win-win for both. And people do tend to um, take benefits like, you know, financial wellness, financial um, coaching more seriously, I guess, or, or they're more likely to take part in it if it's offered by somebody they trust, like their employer. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. So, in you, I, I know that you've been working in this space for for quite a long time. What are some things that you wish that that more women knew about money? I think the number one thing that I I wish that more women knew about money is that it's not something that's going to be fixed on its own. (laughs) So I think a a lot of times um, when by the time women come to me for help, they're really like desperate, like they've just been kind of chugging along and and just hoping that somebody's going to magically, you know, make that debt go away or, or help them like stop spending on credit card debt or they look for easy fixes or they they read books and things just aren't working. And I think um, that's because it's not, it's not something that's magically fixed on its own. There really isn't a quick fix that just kind of takes um, some commitment to make it a, a big part of your life. And so um, I know that's kind of a, a big, vague response, but I think that's really no, what it I, is, is that, that having good money habits is it's about a lifestyle change. It's not really just about doing one thing a certain way. And I think that that's such a it's such an important message 
always, but I, I kind of mm-hmm. feel like now more than ever, and I think I think that that really resonates with people is that you need to take personal responsibility, and that nobody's going okay. to do this for you. Nobody's going to come and save you. Um, this is if if it's going to happen, it's going to be because you're taking the initiative, and in so doing, you're going to accomplish all the things that you want. You're going to become more confident. So I think that's kind of the linchpin of the whole thing. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people will, you know, I see it especially when women will go through like a, a debt repayment program or something and they get rid of that debt and then they have to build back up again. And that's because there wasn't really any big mindset change there. It's just they went back to their old ways and started over using their credit cards or whatever it is. And I really, I also think that, that, that you're incorporating this into a work site is such a, a potentially powerful thing because there's that built-in community of mm-hmm. of people and if if you can help foster a supportive culture and then people feel comfortable opening up and having these conversations and being vulnerable with them, with one another I think that that's a huge opportunity. Yeah, I think so too. I think especially when you have a, a group of women together um, learning about things that a woman is a woman is teaching them I think it just kind of brings that sense of community and um, sisterhood that kind of we're all cheesily looking for in our lives and so I think it does end up making a big difference yeah well that's true men too I mean I think that that we're all looking for more community and and, and, and deeper right. connections yeah. so I think the more that we can build that and, and develop it I think it's nothing but a great thing so well Amy Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them Okay, so my, this is my um, my number one thing that I get the most impact out of with my clients, and this is kind of, um, it's, a, it's a mindset thing, but it's really about your values and what you are spending. So the first step is to come up with your top three values that you have in your life. For example, mine are family, community, and health. And then the next step is to look back at your past three months of spending. So for most people, this means logging on to um, their bank accounts and, and printing out, you know, transactions for the last three months and comparing those things. Seeing, do, do if somebody looked at just your spending activity for the past three months, would they be able to tell what your values are? And if the answer is no, then that's your starting point. That's where you know where you need to make a change of your spending. And it's because what you what will make you truly happy is when you can align your spending to those values. If you you know if you see that you're spending a lot on clothing or something, maybe in the moment that made you happy to buy it, but that's just a superficial happiness. It's not really bringing you long term, um, you know, personal happiness or growth or whatever you want to call it. And it's also something that's probably adding to your financial stress rather than taking it away. So definitely looking at those top three values and comparing that to your past three months of spending to see how those align makes a big difference. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. I think that that is <laughs> such a, that's, that's, that's awesome advice right there. I think that's, I mean, yeah. if you can help people to, to figure out what the values are and then to actually do an audit and figure out is your spending in line with what's most important to mm-hmm. you? And if it is, then that's great. And But maybe you might find some opportunities to, to, to bring that more in line with your values. So I think that's awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, so my website is smartgirlmoneycoach.com. I just would encourage anybody who wants to get in touch with me to go there and they can find out about my 
one-on-one um, -on -one coaching or my financial wellness program if they're a company. Um, and yeah, there's ways there to contact me. So I think that's the best place is smartgirlmoneycoach.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Amy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to smartgirlmoneycoach.com. Check out all the great stuff that she is working on there. Thanks again, Amy. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.